Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks, and welcome to episode 45 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. This week, I've been out at some apiaries, attended our Beekeeping Club Christmas event, and also taken a quick look at some of our honey regulations. short and sweet a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span a beekeeper in fact just like me before we get started a couple of notices for anyone recently dropping in on my podcasts you can catch up with the very latest content by signing up to my crowdfunding page at patreon.com forward slash norfolk honey all of the information about my beekeeping content is listed there and it would be great to have you along for the journey Secondly, don't forget the online microscopy course, which is coming in a few weeks' time, probably sometime into the new year, and I'll be launching my basic microscopy for beekeepers online course designed to get beekeepers everywhere involved with the minimum of technical mumbo-jumbo. So just 10 days till Christmas as I record today's podcast. It seems to come round so quickly. It's like planning for the new beekeeping season. The build-up seems at first to be so far in advance of spring... But then, just like any eagerly anticipated event, it's suddenly upon us. So, before I dash out the door to complete, or rather to start, my Christmas shopping, here's what I've been up to in the past week. To start with, Pete and I have been out and about visiting apiaries to get the hives ready for the overwinter oxalic acid treatments. Uh, You'll remember Pete helps me out with a lot of my woodworking stuff, and he's also a fantastic help with all of the beekeeping through the season. So uh, my thanks again to Pete. Anyway, I wanted to get the Varroa floor inserts into the open mesh floors in readiness and not be groping around for those inserts as I have in previous years. But herein lies the problem. Over the years, I've purchased floors from a range of different UK suppliers. And of course, none of them make what I would call a standard national or commercial open mesh floor. They all have slightly different setups. They're all great, but they're all just a little bit different. They're maybe a little bit wider, a little bit narrower. And of course, this is important at the back of the floor where the inserts slip into the floor. Of course, this means you have to find exactly the right insert for each floor, which is fine if you've only got maybe two or three hives. But add to that the fact that over the years, several of the plywood inserts have bowed and warped and you know, when the plywood starts to fall apart, it, it gets some damp into it and, it and it just pulls apart. Well, I've got several that are like that as well. So they don't fit into the floors. And several of the Corex type inserts have also become brittle and they've simply fallen apart on me as well. You just pick them up and they just seem to fall apart. So I've been left with a total of 38 floors without any inserts at all. So now I'm scrabbling around trying to find someone who will cut a pile of Corex or plywood sheets to size for me before Christmas. I've crossed my fingers and await replies from several emails. I'll keep you posted how things turn out when we carry out the oxalic acid sublimation in a few weeks' time. I suspect that I might be turning to Pete to cut some plywood sheets for me, though. Moving on to the fun event of the week, my local beekeeping club, the Norwich and District Beekeeping Club, held its annual Christmas bash last night. I'm the current chairman and very lucky to have a couple of hard-working committee members who pretty much do all the work for me and then tell me what I have to do. 
I like to think that I delegate tasks, but in truth, I'm kept looking as if I'm very organised by Lorraine, our club secretary. So thanks, Lorraine, and a very happy Christmas to you. Don't forget to let me know about that membership question, though. Anyway, the Christmas bash is always good fun. As usual, we're at the Beehive Pub in Norwich, where the landlady, Alex, has always welcomed us and prepares a fabulous buffet meal for us at Christmas. We're only a small group of around 30 beekeepers, and as an aside, if you're a Norfolk beekeeper and looking for a friendly group to meet up with each month, then do get in touch. We usually get a good turnout for our monthly meetings, and the Christmas event is no exception. We had around 27 members turn out for good food, good booze, and some interesting chap about beekeeping, with a watchful eye on the news feeds as there was some major politics kicking off regarding the government this last week. Anyway, the main event of the evening is always the Christmas prize draw. I head out a few days beforehand and fill up a basket with lots of top-notch Christmas food and drinks for one of our lucky members to win. When I say one lucky member, what I really mean is me. Well, not every time. I think I've won in two out of the last three years and anticipation was high again with the usual good-natured jibes that come my way. Well, at least most of them were good-natured, I think. It's always a fair draw, with the landlady Alex selecting the winning ticket, and I was nowhere near the basket containing the folded tickets, I have to say. And here again, my thanks to Susan Fisk, one of our founder members who's usually our ticket master for each monthly draw. We hold these raffles each month as a way of raising a few pounds for the club. And this year, we raised over £80 to add to the club funds just on our Christmas raffle. Anyway, I digress. I'd purchased my tickets and they were numbered from 980 to 990 from the yellow ticket book. We have a couple of ticket books, one yellow and one pink. Anyway, I sat waiting for my number to be called again. I was actually quite excited about it, really, which is a bit sad. But anyway, Alex dipped into the basket and in true dramatic style swirled the paper numbers around before selecting one and lifting it out. So there was a pause. Alex looked down at her hand and said, it's a yellow ticket. So here we go. I thought this is this is going to be it for me. Alex continued, it's number nine. Then there was a long pause. Nine. And I thought, this is it. I'm going to win again. And Alex glanced at me knowingly. And then she said, three. A shout erupted from the back of the room and one of our newer members, Gary, shot his hand in the air and beamed a giant smile at everyone. I don't think I've seen him move so quickly before, but the hamper was gone in a flash. I was delighted, really, because it's always great when our members who come along every month get to win a nice prize. I'm saying that through gritted teeth, of course. But I did manage to bag a couple of nice gifts and my thanks to everybody that came along on the evening and brought along all of those prizes for the raffle. We had a great evening, the food was lovely, and we had a fun time on our table at least, with an unusual discussion about recreational drug use from our younger days. I have to say I'm very boring, having never been tempted. But Elizabeth, your secret is safe with me. So moving away from the Christmas fun event, I wanted to talk about the gift or sale of honey and the minefield that new beekeepers can find themselves in when it comes to giving away or selling honey. Regardless of whether you're giving the honey away to friends or family or selling it through a major outlet, the rules apply equally to us all. 
the honey must be labelled and treated the same regardless. To start with, though, there are some legal definitions of what honey actually is, and I thought I'd just run through some of those, and then another time we can talk about the labelling regulations, because they can be quite tricky too. I'm no expert when it comes to the honey regs, so I've printed off a copy to scan through and pick out some of the more important parts as I see them. Now, to be honest, there's quite a lot here, so I'll probably split it over a couple of these podcasts. The honey regulations of 2015 refer specifically to England, and although I've not looked at the Welsh or Scottish regs, I imagine that they're going to be fairly similar. So to give them their official title, they are the Honey Brackets England, close brackets, Regulations 2015. These regulations refer specifically to the definition of honey and the different product names given to honey. And of course, they currently refer in the main to various European Union laws, such as the Council Directive 2001-110-EC 20-12-2001 relating to honey. You can see where this is going, can't you? So anyway, ignoring all of the European directives and all of the complications that are entailed in that, let's just take a look at what honey is, according to the regulations. Honey means the natural sweet substance produced by Apis mellifera bees from the nectar of plants or from secretions of living parts of plants or excretions of plant-sucking insects on the living parts of plants which the bees collect transform by combining with specific substances of their own, deposit, dehydrate, store and leave in honeycomb to ripen and mature, unquote. So that's quite a mouthful, really. But I think most beekeepers know and understand this definition. And whilst we couldn't recite it verbatim, we have a pretty good handle on how honey is produced. But now we get into more definitions that at first glance complicate things, but are, I think, designed to ensure beekeepers can promote and defend their valuable product. Here also, I think we beekeepers should go on the offensive and try to educate non-beekeepers about the different types of honey that are available and the benefits each bestows. So I'll just go through the list and just explain exactly what they are. So in alphabetical order, the first up is baker's honey. That's the stuff that you leave in your warming cabinet for a week, forget about and overheat, which makes it pretty much useless to sell as bottled honey, but is very handy for cooking with. Most small-scale beekeepers probably won't have encountered this type of honey. I did once leave the appy melter on by mistake and ended up with a couple of inches of thick toffee-like honey in the bottom. That I labelled and sold to a local bakery as baker's honey. It's perfectly fine as an ingredient in other products, so don't throw it away if you ever find yourself in this position. Blossom honey and nectar honey. This is simply our regular honey from the nectar of plants. Some people like to call it wildflower honey, although I guess with so many cultivated plants around these days, you could get caught out, particularly by other beekeepers, who, it seems, like to try to trip other beekeepers up over their descriptions of their honey and oftentimes their beekeeping practices. Mostly I find it's because they themselves are poor beekeepers and seem to try to impose themselves on others in a bullying way. Just ignore them, sneak home and check your labelling to make sure that it's accurate. Anyway, back to the descriptions. Chunk honey and cut comb in honey. This is honey that contains one or more pieces of comb honey. This sells really well at this time of the year as presents. Ideal for anyone who'd like to try some cut comb, 
but wary of not liking it and wasting money on one large section. If you do make some of this up, don't be mean and stick a tiny piece of comb in the jar. Fill it up and gain a good reputation for being a generous beekeeper. Comb honey. This means honey that's stored by bees in cells of freshly built broodless combs or thin comb foundation sheets made solely of beeswax and sold in sealed whole combs or sections of cut comb. Here again, don't be tempted to squeeze a small section of comb out of the corner of a brood frame. Set up a super to produce specific comb honey and make a big song and dance about it when you sell it. It's valuable stuff and well worth having a go at next season. I'll certainly be producing some more as I sell out every last frame. I'll also make another video showing how I produce it. Drained honey. Here we get into some of the less often used descriptions of honey. This one simply means honey from combs that have been uncapped and the honey allowed to drain from the comb. Extracted honey. Probably the most common of all honey. We certainly produce most of our honey by extraction. It's quick and efficient. For non-beekeepers listening, this is where the combs are placed in a centrifuge and the honey is spun out of the frames of the honeycomb. Filtered honey. This is a potential banana skin, as I think most beekeepers will use some form of sieve or strainer to filter out larger debris from their honey, and that is a form of filtration. This definition, however, is for something completely different. In the honey regs, filtered honey means honey obtained by removing foreign inorganic or organic matter in such a way as to result in the significant removal of pollen, and that's the catch. So we're talking about very fine filtration. Beware of any honey that has very little pollen in it. For most of us, straining out the odd piece of wax, some occasional unlucky bees that have strayed into the honey at extraction, or a chunk of propolis is perfectly fine and does not constitute filtration according to the regulations definition. So don't worry about calling your honey filtered honey. Honeydew honey. This is the honey obtained mainly from excretions of plant-sucking insects on the living parts of plants or the secretions of those living parts of plants. I don't think I've ever noticed any honey that has been honeydew honey in all of the crops that I've taken. I'd be interested to hear from anyone who regularly has honeydew honey. Finally, the regulations have pressed honey. This is honey obtained by pressing broodless combs with or without the application of moderate heat not exceeding 45 degrees centigrade and again here it's the term broodless combs don't go using combs that have been taken out of the brood box so having established various definitions and i'm sure some of you will already be thinking there's one major definition missing which is the current on-trend product called raw honey but more of this in another podcast but anyway Having a list of definitions, the regulations then go on to do what these documents always seem to do and state the bloom and obvious. For instance, on the next couple of pages of the regulations, they go like this. And I'll only describe the very next paragraph or we'll be here until next year. And I quote, Blossom honey and nectar honey. Seven, brackets, one, close brackets. A person trading in honey obtained from the nectar of plants must use the name honey, blossom honey, or nectar honey, in trade as the name of the product. Brackets 2, close brackets. A person must not use the name blossom honey, 
or nectar honey in trade as the name of a product if the product is not honey obtained from the nectar of plants. It then repeats itself for all the other described honey definitions. You can see how a lot of beekeepers can bury their heads and just order a standard county honey style label, the type that says Essex honey or Devon honey and and that kind of thing. Just remember, it's you the beekeeper that is ultimately responsible for what goes in your jar and on your label. But in the first instance, if you're giving away or selling your honey, make sure you put a label on it. Be proud of what your bees have produced and of course, make sure you get a fair price for it. I think that's enough of the honey regs for one day, but we will come back to them again and talk more about labelling and getting a fair price in another podcast. I think I've had my head in these regulations long enough for one morning. Well, that's it for this week. Don't forget you can get the very latest podcast by signing up to my Patreon page, www.patreon.com forward slash Norfolk Honey. And again, I'll leave links in the show notes. And my thanks to all of you who are continuing to support my efforts. Finally, thanks for hanging around until the end of the podcast, and we'll catch up again next week. But until then, I'm Stuart Spinks, and that was Beekeeping Short and Sweet. Sweet.